So we are so excited. We are here to have our first episode of Chesapeake Chats. This is our podcast where we talk all things Chesapeake Shores. The uh, third season is, has just premiered on uh, Sunday and uh, we're excited to talk about it. And I'm Rachel and today I have two co-hosts. <laughs> we have our friends Lisa and Casey. And in case, they, in case our listeners haven't uh, listened to any of your other podcasts that you've been on before, I want you um, introduce yourself, starting with Lisa. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Lisa. Um, I'm on Twitter as Girl Gone Hallmark, and I'm super excited. I have been waiting and waiting for season three, so I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, great. Well, we're excited to have you here. And uh, Casey. Hey, y'all. I'm Casey. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Hallmark My Words, and I too have been really excited about Chesapeake Shores season three, and I can't wait to talk about it. And you can hear uh, Casey's thoughts along with Amber, who can be here tonight because a family thing. And you can hear uh, her thoughts on our preview that we did, which was really really fun. Uh, and I'll put a link down if you want to check that out. We also had our interview with Barb and Evan that posted this Monday. So you'll definitely want to make sure to check that out because she's like the nicest person in the world. I decided. <laughs> so it was so much fun to get to, yeah. inter- inter- get to interview her. She was great. So make sure to check that out. And so let's just get started here. Talk about overall thoughts of the premiere. And uh, what did you think? Uh, Casey, starting with you, what did you think? I, I'm really excited about this season. I think there's going to be a lot of drama and I live for the drama. So Uh I'm very, very, very excited about this. (laughs) All right. Good. And Lisa? Um, Overall, I think I was just really excited to see everybody again, see the scenery, see the people, just everything was back. It was just so fun to see everything. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really did too. And I was surprised how much they brought back. I mean, there really isn't any, I mean, they didn't let go of really anything. It seems like from uh, the last season, Uh, Sarah's back. We saw in the preview, Simon will be back. Uh, The, uh, all the different plot threads going on all there, pretty much the entire cast. Uh, We have uh, Victor Webster's characters back. Like there were some characters I thought, are they going to let go of these characters? But nope, they're back. Everybody's back, <laughs> which is great. Really good. Really good. And I, I just really enjoyed it. I, I just don't feel like there's that many of this kind of show on TV that's just kind of, I don't know, just kind of pulpy and fun and uh I mean, just a little bit of soap, but not like too much. It's just sort of a fun primetime drama. So, all right. Well, let's dive in. So we started with, uh, with Abby and Douglas played by Victor Webster. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they evidently have been spending some time together, both because uh, their kids are friends, but also because they are working together on this big deal uh, with the our favorite land trust. <laughs> and uh, so Abby's been involved with that on her dad's side, and uh, or Abby has been involved with that 
I don't, I, I guess she's on both sides actually. seems like she was like on both sides of the table. I'm not sure. But anyway, she's been working on it. And, uh, and Douglas has been working with Mick on this whole land trust thing. We'll talk more about that. But anyway, they've been working together and dealing and spending time with kids together. So what did you think about that, Lisa? I'm into it. I know. And this is where I'm going to get super controversial, but pick Douglas. And I realized that watching Twitter, as I was watching the show, that people have dubbed Trace and Abby Trabby. Come on. Oh, yeah. I agree with, with you 100%. Douglas and Abby could be Dobby. <laughs> Hello. That's 150% better. And he's super tall and his voice is like velvet and they could just make a lot of money together and just play with their kids. And yeah. I'm in. I completely agree with you. Hashtag couple name fail. Cause that was terrible. Uh, I agree with you there. <laughs> Casey, what did you think about this uh, with uh, Douglas and Abby? Okay. So in, in my mind, I never remember Douglas's name. So he's just hashtag PTA dad. <laughs> Um, but when he walked in, I pretty much squealed. I think I scared my family because I was really excited, <laughs> a little bit ridiculously excited that he was back. Um, so I know if you listened to last um, last week's episode or the yeah. one where we did the um, preview, the recap, uh, I was pretty hard on Trace, and then I remembered exactly why, and it was because they had him focus so much on his music and they tried to make him focus 100% on the music and then 100% on Abby. So it's not necessarily the fact that I thought he should choose one or the other. It was the fact that they're forcing him to do too much at once because you can't mm -hmm. dedicate 100% to one and 100% to the other. Some, something's going to have to give. Mm -hmm. So in this episode, um, I, I liked him a lot better than I did last episode or last season. Okay. But... PTA dad, I was like, holla. <laughs> yes. Good. Well, so I do love Victor Webster, and I do think Victor Webster is super handsome uh, and super tall. They would definitely have very tall children. They are Victor Webster. They're all very tall. Um, but I don't think that they have chemistry. I, I think that I am a – I don't like – Trabby, that's a terrible couple name, but uh, I do like Trace and Abby together. I think that they have chemistry. I think the actors have chemistry, Justin Metcalf and Magnori. And I don't know, I like them together. I think that they are good. And so I am not on the Douglas and Abby Dobby bandwagon. Yes, Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious to see where it all goes and uh, it was definitely a fun way to kind of start off the season yeah. and he says at one point he says it was an absolute delight working with you hopefully our paths cross again soon which is super mm -hmm. fun yes yeah. and then he lingered looked at her <laughs> yeah he did. she walked away he was like lingering and I'm like Douglas yes yeah yes oh, yeah and then when he threw they were doing the wishing thing Yes. I was like, "Ooh, what did you wish for?" Right. Then they put her in the in the front, and I'm like, "Yes." Mm -hmm. yes. 
Yeah. So yeah, Victor Webster is definitely a hall star and he's great. Uh, so it, it could be pretty fun to see where they go with, with all of that. So, all right. Then we find out Trace has been gone for three months on tour. And I don't know, like, I feel like three months isn't that long. Like, <laughs> maybe it's just that I've lived away from my family for like a lot of my life. And so like, I mean, I get it. It'd be different if like the person I was dating, I guess, was gone. But like three months isn't that long. And I, especially when you can FaceTime and like stuff like that. Now, I don't know. I just, I feel like, wow, this is like a big deal to these people when it like shouldn't really be a big deal. Like you're a musician, go on tour three months. It was like he was a returning soldier and had been gone for like a year in Iraq. Like it's a little. It was way over the top. I'm sorry, but it was just, I mean, I get that it's supposed to be melodramatic. Like, okay, uh, you know, you're leaving and this sucks. We were just about to start something. But I feel like she was way more surprised than she should have been that this is part of his job. She, he's a musician. She knew that. And it's like, she's like, all of a sudden, like, what? You're going on to, and I'm like, I would totally get it if like, he was an accountant. And then like, he was like, oh, I have to go on like some, like all of a sudden now accountants go on tour. And she's like, wait, what? I didn't sign up for this. Right. No, he's a musician. They go on tour. And it was just so shocking to her. Like, I have to never talk to you. Like, your priorities. My husband went away for seven months once on a job and I was like, oh, well, I get the bed all to myself. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. 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 Like really they were acting like he had been gone for a year in Iraq and had like a week of leave. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You agree, Casey? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really catch the whole three months thing. I think because it's been so long since I've seen Chesapeake Shore. So to me, the three months seemed like a really long time, but yeah. And all actuality it's really not it's like one summer no I mean it's it's really not but anyway so she's super excited and he's like counting down the days and the minutes and everything and she is there waiting for him in his house and has decorated everything with tons of twinkle lights because we all know that twinkle lights equal love (laughs) Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> when you're not ready to propose, you put up twinkle lights. Yeah. And then when you are ready to propose, you put up more twinkle lights. You give a promise ring. Unless you're a wedding march. <laughs> then you do a promise ring. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's been touring with this guy named Donovan, this country star. And we see Trace up there. He gives Trace a chance to sing. And it's like, Trace is the pretty one, evidently. <laughs> there you go. I mean, Jesse Metcalf is pretty. Is, he's pretty, in my opinion, at least. And uh, so, uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, he, do we trust Donovan? Is he a good guy or bad? Yeah, not so much. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yet. I couldn't really tell I was too hung up on other things. Okay. Yeah. So he's like staying at Jess's place and he's like kind of trying to give her advice 
And, uh, but that's and what I found sort of creepy because I couldn't tell. Was he trying to tell Trace that he thought she was attractive and like he was interested in her? Or I, I got a weird vibe and I'm like, what's happening here? I'm not sure about yeah. you yet. Yeah. I agree. I wasn't sure. Like, I'm like, is this supposed to be like, like a charming cowboy or is this supposed to be kind of, mm, stay away. I'm scared of this person. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of both. Um, but, uh, we find out that Trace is like super famous at this point and apparently I've been on his first tour and he's not even the lead of the tour and it's only been three months. He's like Luke Bryant already. <laughs> <laughs> and there are like girls waiting for and cheer, you know, the whole fan, fangirls kind of thing. And that was uh, weird. And he is one that he has this reporter that Donovan, I think, has set up. And I think Donovan, like, knows that it's going to be a very personal interview, but he, like, sets it up anyway. And it's Maddie Finocchio is playing the reporter. And basically, like, the reporter is just super, super nosy. And, uh, and like Donovan says something like, well, I had a wife and daughter, but they were just like, I guess, casualties to the business. Cause that's what, <laughs> that's what show business does to you. Right. Uh, so I don't know. What did you think about this whole reporter angle thing? What do you think, Lisa? Um, <laughs> I feel like between Donovan and the reporter, it's all leading up to try and make Trace make a choice, like whether he wants to sacrifice his music or sacrifice his relationships. I feel like it's all kind of leading up to it. Yeah. But honestly, and this is, I, I don't find it all that interesting, mm -hmm. that part of the storyline, because I'm like, you can make it work. There are plenty of musicians that are married and still go on tour and stuff. And so I don't really feel like it has to be a choice, but I get that it's supposed to be there for, you know, a little bit of extra drama, but yeah. I don't know. The reporter was just doing his job. I felt, I mean, he's going to ask personal questions and yeah. you know, once you say that's out, then that's out. But I just, I don't know. Especially in country music, like, Country music is all about like family and you know like yeah. it's not like he's like gonna be like a punk rocker or something like that. Like, get a little bit more concerned. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> and he's not Tim McGraw. I mean, <laughs> he's probably still flying coach. I mean, like let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd be like, I think the equivalent of like somebody that's the opening act for like Clint Black or somebody like that. Yes, no? Yeah, I remember yeah. Clint Black and I loved him. <laughs> yeah, he's very talented. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so the reporter was definitely super nosy, but like, it's hard, I don't know, I feel like it was kind of weird that the reporter wanted to know about like Abby's kids, like that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand wanting to know about like, who are you dating? Are you, is it a little bit more? Are you going to get engaged or whatever? Right. Something like that. But like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all he could, all he would have to say is be like, uh, just the most sort of cursory information kind of about her. And it would probably placated him to be honest. Yeah. But just being like, no, um, you know, and he says they're off limits. So 
there you go. Makes them want to ask more. Like, okay, yeah. Let me get to a more. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna mess with their relationship, the hashtag Travi relationship. Yeah. He's gonna. I think they've planted him in such a way so that like he's gonna see PTA dad and Abby like doing work, or their kids are gonna be like doing school projects. Sure they're going to like set him up. So it looks bad. And then he's going to, you know, report it out there because why else would they have a prop like the paparazzi and the reporter with the sketchy questions about Abby and her family. Like yes. and the way he asked it was so creepy too. Like yes. kind of stalkerish. Like yeah. I can understand him, him saying something like, you know, do you have a girlfriend? What's her name? Not. So tell me about your girlfriend, Abby and her kids. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he knew a lot of details. Right. About their relationship. Yeah. Plus, did anybody notice that they were like, oh, we'll we'll interview the band later, but they were doing only photos of him and only the interview of him. And I think that's also a setup for later to separate him from the band eventually, where it's just, you know, they, at the beginning, they wanted him to be a solo artist. I thought that was kind of weird that it was, Uh oh yeah, well, we'll interview them later. Well, we'll get to them. We're just going to profile you first and then we'll get the band in. And I'm like, yeah, but all those photographs were just him solo Mm -hmm. with guitar, no backup band. And I'm like, "Hmm." so this could be something. Yeah, that's true. I could see that. Once he finally starts to record and stuff, I could see that coming up because he's still got to write all these songs and things. Mm -hmm. And uh, then when he's finally, they're like, oh, well, surprise. It's a solo album. So that should be fun. So anyway, (laughs) but there were a lot of cute moments, I think, between Abby and Trace uh, with him playing with the girls and, you know, the the Oyster Festival. I I thought there were some fun moments for them. So, yeah, I thought there were a lot of cute moments with Trace. Like he kind of redeemed himself to me with, um, you know, being definitely more in tune with Abby and her kids and the boots. I was like, oh, that's so cute. African boots. <laughs> yeah, that was really cute. Uh, so, all right. Well, let's talk about Jess and Bree. So, David is gone. I guess to help his family. He's very lonely. And uh, her inn has all of a sudden become this like very, this like place of romance. It's very exciting. <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but uh, yeah, just couples are all over the place. Uh, and, uh, and so she's very missing him. And that's what, that's when the Donovan guy starts giving the advice or whatever. And, uh, and we get this point of conflict that with them where Bree is over there talking and she leaves her manuscript there and Jess reads it and she becomes very upset uh with uh with Bree and (laughs) my favorite scene of the whole episode probably was when she storms in with Nell there and (laughs) she's like you have to repeat everything that I say like what am I doing I don't understand and that was my thought really funny uh, but she's really upset uh, at Brie and I mean it's almost a little bit because this is a woman who's had several plays published and performed it's almost hard to believe that this issue hasn't come up before I mean especially when you first start writing you know the big advice is write what you know and uh, so 
it's a little surprising this hasn't come up before that she's using her family for inspiration. Most people do at least a little bit when they write. Right. I don't know. What do you think about this? I think part of that was she was so distanced from her family in season one prior to her coming home. And then season one, she had the writer's block. Mm. So I think that's where the whole, you know, whoever I was it Kevin or somebody gave her the advice, well, write what you know. And then she started writing about her family because I mean, she's home. Uh That was inspiration because she was in the little cottage. So I think that's maybe why she didn't write about her family because all the baggage that they held. Um, and then when, when, um, Jess started reading at first, I was like, is this about Jess? And then when she came out and Brie was just like, Oh, uh, <laughs> I thought I was like, wait a second. Is this about Brie? And Jess is thinking it's about her or is it like a combined both of them into one character? And Jess is like feeling it's about her. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was very curious. I just had a feeling that it was about the whole family and there was, there was, you know, Jess was a sort of included, but it was like not, it was based on their family, but I could be wrong. You, you, you could be right. I wasn't sure. I don't know. what do you think, Lisa? Would you be super upset if one of your siblings did this? I think it depends on how much it was actually revealed. I mean, cause as the youngest, I did dumb stuff because being the youngest. And so I think it'd be kind of depending on how much they said I did and wrote about, but I kind of agree with you, Casey, that it's like a, this is what she's feeling now and she's around everybody now. And so this is, you know, when you're, when you live away from your family all the time and you don't really have regular contact with them, the day to day in and out, so you don't pick up on those nuances and just habits and stuff. And then you're back with them and it's like, it's really easy to have the floodgates open. And I, I, and then I also kind of agree with you, Rachel, that it might be a combination of everybody. Maybe Bree was, you know, we haven't really explored yet how Brie felt about her mom leaving. Like, mm-hmm. we know exactly how Jess feels. We know that mm-hmm. Connor had some issues. You know, we know that Megan, as the oldest, kind of became like a mom figure, and she still kept in touch with her mom. But we don't really know, like, there's a little, like, Brie was kind of in the middle. Like, I never really, over the last two seasons, have seen how she's really reacted to her mom being gone. So yeah. maybe Brie's really writing more about herself, and Jess is just projecting because she is I love Jess she's one of my favorite characters but she's also very selfish yeah yeah. (laughs) so she's like it's about me well maybe it's not I don't know yet yeah well I thought about this a lot actually because first of all I've been a blogger for 10 years and so I have to think about how my how am I portraying my life and you know I try my best to just tell my story and then not tell other people's story. And I think for the most part, I succeed, I've succeed. i succeeded. Uh, there's been a few times when I was like, oh, well, I'll take that down or uh, we'll talk about it or whatever. Uh, over 10 years, it's going to happen. But for the most part, I've been pretty successful, I think, in just sharing my own story. Uh, and But my sister is a published author. And right now she's just written um, picture books uh, for you know, for kids and they're great, but she is definitely working on novels and things and she'd like to be, uh, you know, like to have published novels and Megan Wagner Lloyd, if anybody's interested, look at her books. They're amazing. And, uh, (laughs) um, but I, so I thought about it, you know, like what if she included me as a character and I, I don't know, like, I, I, I feel like I'm like such an open book anyway, that it's like, eh, 
wouldn't really care. It'd be fine. Um, I mean, I guess if she was like super mean, but I, it's hard to believe. I mean, my sister would never be super mean. It's not like I would be like the villain in a Disney movie or something, but, um, uh, but it's hard to imagine that what Brie wrote was like super mean. It was probably just somewhat like she felt an invasion of privacy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that, I think she should, you know, she should want her sister to fulfill her dreams. And if you have to take a, a, a little hit for the team, I think it's worth it, you know, to fulfill her dreams of being an author. Yeah. Do we know yet if she's actually read the whole thing from cover to cover? Because I feel like she's just reading parts of it and just running up and being like quoting it and just being like, how dare you? And I'm like, have you read the baby? read the whole thing and take it in as a whole before we start jumping out of fountains and yeah getting grandma involved yeah because that manuscript that was pretty short like that's not like a whole book it was like this right that's true that's a good point uh and we know from last season that it's it's getting published so (laughs) yes much to Bree's chagrin which is insane um (laughs) I had another thought too with that. Yeah. It would also be, so the O'Briens seem to be that family, like the one that everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's the O'Briens. They have all their crap together. Sure. Their mom left, but look how pretty and successful they are and all the money. Yeah. And you know, Jess is running this in. So if Jess really felt like, you know, her, there were parts of her life taken out and put into Bree's book, like feeling exposed because she's not portrayed as like the perfect daughter, like n- not daughter. Cause she, you know, just as crazy, but the perfect family or the perfect, you know, I have all my stuff together type of thing. So yeah. I wonder if it's more that too. And not that Brie wrote that she was mean or anything vindictive, but yeah. maybe both. Yeah. I could see that. Cause they are kind of leadership uh, leaders of the of the town or whatever and okay so let's talk about kevin so basically kevin has the is going to get his paramedic training that seems to be going well so that's good and things have been progressing with sarah so what do we think about that I'm worried. I thought they were cute. <laughs> they are cute. And that's why I'm worried. I'm worried Kevin's going to disappoint me in the end. I think he's going to lure her in and she's going to be like, okay, yes, I'm ready to do this. And he's gonna be like, maybe not. And then she's yeah. going to be all upset and break up again. And then I'm going to be like, Kevin. <laughs> well, I don't know about that though, because he seemed so worried. He's like, oh, I don't want the same thing to happen that happened with Georgia and uh, so he's definitely, I don't think, going to, he's going to be, I think, pretty slow moving. Don't you? I hope so. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope you're right, Rachel, because I really like Kevin and I really like Sarah and they're super cute together and they match height. And I think they would have really nice, kids. like their hair is both really good. Yes. They would just, yes. I mean, I'm in Kevin yeah. and Sarah. I need to think of their couple name, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel yeah. like drama's coming and it's going to make me sad. Hmm. I feel like it's going to be Kevin's fault. There, I said it. It probably will be Kevin's fault. But Sarah was so resistant to anything in the past. So this was definitely, like you said, she's putting her hair down quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. What do you think? <sighs> I, I think they're, I don't know that I can see like big issues like that happening with them. I think that they're the ones that are going to take things really, really slow. Yeah. 
like Mounty Molasses slow. I was gonna say like wind calls the heart slow. And then- <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, at least they're kissing right away. I mean, come on. <laughs> at least they kissed last season. Like, yeah, you know, I know. Three episodes later, they had a kiss. Yay! <laughs> but I mean, it would make sense considering Kevin is very worried about you know making the same mistake with Georgia, and then Sarah lost her husband, and so going through all that drama and grief and stuff. I feel like they're going to take take it slow, and I think Sarah will be okay with it. Yeah. It's just as long as Kevin doesn't like freak out or whatever. Yeah, I hope they are on the same page because, uh, you know, like he told Connor, like, oh, we're just having fun. And like, oh, really? Are you? Are you sure about that? I don't know. And then when they were at the bar and Chase is like, looks like things are going good. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, Kevin, mm-mm. she's sitting right there. No, no. Right. No, right. Now we get into Mick and Connor. This is very exciting stuff. Oh. And <laughs> so, all right. Uh, first of all, I just want to say I absolutely loved Mick and the oysters because that is so my dad. My dad is exactly <laughs> the kind of person that would be like, think, you think of something super interesting and be like, uh, I don't know. Be like, did you know that the oyster blah, 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 blah. He gets super into it. And that's totally the way my dad is. I love that. That was like classic, I think classic uh, dad slash grandpa kind of behavior. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, good. It's like, maybe only my dad's that way. But that was really no, fun. It's cute. Yeah. And uh, uh, so... But we get to the meat of everything. Basically, they have this lovely land trust that we love so much. And <laughs> um, and we knew that Connor went to work for um, Thomas, right? The brother. Uh, last season. And so he was basically responsible for bringing up the contract for the uh, sale of the land trust. And, uh, or equal division or something. I don't even know exactly what it was, but anyway. And so Douglas is involved with this. Abby's involved with this. Uh, and Douglas and Mick read the contract. And I think Douglas says, is, are you seeing the same thing that I'm seeing? And it turns out that Connor has made a big mistake in the contract. And so Mick tells Connor, like, read it more carefully because he legally cannot tell Connor to, you know, to make this deal worse for his partner. (laughs) That's like, he could get sued by Douglas for, you know, for breach of partnership. And, and so uh, anyway, he tells him, but Connor doesn't listen. And so we get this, we get this conflict. This is quite a conflict. I don't know. What did you think of it? was just the setup of this, of this whole thing with, with, uh, with that going on. Um, well, I, when they went out, when that started happening, I was like, finally, the land trust is getting interesting. (laughs) Right. Um, I mean, for the community meeting didn't like excite you. I was so excited. I about cried and fell asleep. Yeah, right. Uh, (laughs) But uh, um, I I wrote something down here. Okay, so 
I didn't, it didn't necessarily bother me when Mick was like, you know, I couldn't tell you legally. I really couldn't tell you, you are a lawyer. You should have picked up, you know, picked up on that. Yeah. Um, but what bothered me was when he said, when Mick said, when you go against me or anyone else in this world, that comment, that bothered mm-hmm. me because all of a sudden he made it about him. He made it about Mick. Like you're going, you're going against me as in like, like he just, he just put a divide between father and son. But in fairness, Connor had just said that they had just accused him basically of being a bad father. And so like, he had to respond in, in some, like, you were the one who literally went against me in this, and this is business, and so I had to treat you like anybody else. I, so basically what happens uh, is, that, uh, is that they get to the signing of the deal, they sign it, and, uh, and then basically the secret's out that Connor's made this huge mistake, and now they can do whatever they want on the land. And they can develop it however they want because of this clause that was not included about uh, it reverting back to the original date of the of the land or something like that. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> um, I don't know. Lisa, were you on side Connor or side Mick? Well, just side note really fast. I watched that scene about four different times to try and understand it. And I was like, I work in commercial real estate. I have no idea what they're talking about. I'm like, wait, what? 1950 what? Okay, yeah. But um, I honestly, I'm on team, I'm on mixed side because this is terrible. But as a parent, it really, really sucks to watch your kids fail. It's painful. I mean, it is. And there are times when my kids, you know, don't get into the club or they don't make the team. And it's, it's, to see their faces. And that's just my 10 year old girls that obviously these are this, you know, these are the best lessons to learn and best ways to fail because they're still kids and they'll bounce back. And so I can't imagine the feeling the senior adult child do something this, bad, you know, this make this big of a mistake, but he's right. He's like, you're a grown man. Hello. I mean, I think Connor's really, really upset with himself, really, really embarrassed, really, really, you know, just thought he was going to finally get one over on his dad. And when it didn't work out, he's just lashing out at anything. And the easiest target is his dad. And I think that deep down between the both of them, they're really kind of upset with each other without really acknowledging it, that they both are kind of hurt, that they are pitted against each other. And I think that a lot of those hidden feelings came out in this argument. But in the end, I agree with Mick. It's like, if we were strangers, this, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't come all the way over to my oyster fest and get in my face and say, how dare you not tell me this? Yeah. It's just because they're related. And I'm just like, yeah, he's a grown man. He's, this isn't, you know, this isn't you not making like a team or something. This is, right. But he should have talked yeah. to him like that was his son. Right. Not like the whole, like how I saw the whole, well, when you go against me, it's like, I'm no longer your father. I'm just a business person. And that stinks that you screwed up and you're mad about it now. Like how I, I didn't see like, and considering the relationship in the past, I feel like he could have used it differently and said, look, you know, I love you. You're my son, but I can't make, I I can't fix all your mistakes. Like in just kind of tailor it that way and put the monkey back on Connor's back and just kind of say, look, 
you can't, you can't, ju- you can't just default to me every time. Yeah. You know, I wish I could rescue you, but that's why I had the problem when he said, when you go against me, cause you know, you shouldn't pay. He just pitted uh, Andrew. <laughs> he just pitted Connor against him as father and son. And right. the fact that, you know, Connor was like, well, you're my dad. I mean, you can see that he did value, he does value that relationship despite their past. Right. I think that's what really cut. Yeah. And I completely agree. Like Mick had, he couldn't legally say anything. Um, you can't rescue your kids. You're, they're going to have to fall. They're going to have to learn up like all that. But the way it just came out was very like, you just dug another knife into that relationship that you've been re- trying so hard the past two seasons to restore. Yeah. But I, it was the, honestly, it was the most, in, not, it wasn't fun to watch them fight but it was the most interesting part of the episode for me because it is such an intense conflict because there really is no right or wrong answer like they're just they, they got to work it out and as much as I enjoy the other parts to for you know the other little conflicts that rose up in the episode I think this is the one that has the most real life like it mimics real life like I don't know how many people out there is relatives wrote a book and they were going to get upset that they're in, you know what I mean? But having this kind of fight with your, your parent as an adult where you're, I don't know, it just felt really real. And it was one of the most, I think for me, it was the most interesting part of the episode to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody loves Connor and Andrew Francis more than I do, (laughs) but he was absolutely in the wrong here. He, uh, you know, he came up to this, this whole, conversation to confront his dad to say that his dad is a bad father how could you do this to me how could you and like he even when connor says like i mean when um when mick says i could have been sued he would be obligated to not just could be sued he would be obligated to sue me if i if i told you and he's like well i'm a lawyer i know that it's like why I'm sort of thinking, why are we having this discussion then? Like, if you know that, like, do you want your father to get sued? Like, what? And so I just feel like, I mean, I don't know. I guess as a dad, he could have, like, been a little more loving. But uh, I don't know. He necessarily loving. Just don't pit your son against yourself. Like, that was the whole thing. I just feel like, but I feel like Connor was saying like you're a bad father and and we know that like obviously he's in this whole thing because of a disagreement with his brother so it's not like we know that mick is is going to do what he thinks is right via business no matter what like mm-hmm. he's not <laughs> i mean <laughs> uh but uh i don't know i i he could have i guess been nicer about it but then again, I don't know, I guess I have sympathy for him when somebody's accusing you of being a bad father and they literally just said, like, <laughs> like literally just said that they understand that you could get sued if, uh, if you had done what they wanted you to do. So I don't know what Connor wanted him to do with this with point. Like what could, I guess Mick could have been nicer, but I don't know what he could have done uh, that would have solved this problem but connor is just upset because he screwed up and i think that's the main thing last thing that we get is 
that we have uh, Mick getting papers. He thinks that Connor is like going to sue him, which is crazy. Um, but it turns out the papers are from a woman who has it's uh, a boat and a marina um, from a James Newton estate. So were you intrigued by this? Yes. 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 <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Maybe they'll move on from the land trust. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> when it got have, interesting. <laughs> now we have boat trust. And we'll be like, yes, let's all fight over the boat. I yeah. was really confused by that. I was like, what was that again? And then, like, next scene. So, <laughs> it's like, hmm, will be interesting. Because maybe it'll have something to do with long lost Dylan O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's not a leprechaun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> did you see grant like nell's face when um brie was sitting on the fountain and she was like and then you had tears in your eyes too and she kind of oh, yeah. grandma kind of looks off in the distance like yeah and i thought you had tears in your eyes because you were thinking about dylan o'malley when this <laughs> was proposing to you that's what it comes down to lady listen yeah. you're about to ruin all those romantic memories <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I had that same exact thought at that scene. I was like, mm, she's thinking about the little leprechaun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mysterious man we're never gonna find out because they don't even mention it again. <laughs> so I this hope it comes be... in. Oh yeah. Yeah. And more drama we'll have as Connor's thinking about moving out now of the house, which he probably should have done a long time ago. And he is a man of means and like He's a lawyer. Like, get your own place. I mean, what is he, like, bringing over girlfriends and stuff like that to the family house? Like, that's awkward. Yeah. No, he needs to move out. Yeah. Yeah. We all agree. So, okay, good. All right. So, this was a pretty, pretty good episode, I think. Pretty strong premiere. It had, uh, you know, a lot of that. We, um, we pretty much got to hear from everybody except for Megan. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, she was just sort of in the background. So... Uh, but pretty much everybody else got a, a moment, at least. We know that Simon is going to appear next week from the promo, so that should be fun. With a better haircut. Yeah. So I might be pro-Simon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, all right. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much. This was really fun, and thanks for joining uh, to talk about Chesapeake Shores, and we will talk next week. Let us know in the comment section or on Twitter what you thought of the episode, where you think things are going for all these different characters. We'd love to talk about it. And uh, so Lisa, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at girl gone hallmark. Great. And Casey, what about you? You can find me at hallmark my words on Twitter. Great. And uh, make sure you're following me at Ra Rachel's reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. You can follow Amber at Amber brainwaves. And I, uh, Make sure you're following the podcast of Home Cookies Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we ha had our uh, our podcast this week was with William Bibiani, where we talked about the Step Up movies, which was super fun. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. And on Hallmark Channel, we have Love at the Sea, which should be pretty fun, and uh, another garage sale mystery. So uh, coming up, and so we'll have a lot of fun eventually talking about all of that. So let us know your comments, and um, thanks again, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.